0: I'm Julie and I'm Val and we are both experts in imperfect parenting.
1: Join us as we drink, laugh and share the most ridiculous situations our kids have gotten into. Are you ready? Yep. Here we go.
0: Hey Val. Hi Julie. How are you tonight?
1: I'm good because we have a really special set of guests for tonight.
0: I am looking forward to uh, learning more about resources that can assist
1: yes so tonight we are joined by lauren and megan who are the co-founders of the matrescence which is an app for mothers at any stage of motherhood from thinking about conceiving all the way through having older children spoiler val almost makes me cry in this episode
0: which is not an easy feat. No, I do not
1: (laughs) cry. So if you want to hear me get choked up and almost cry, this is the episode for you. (laughs) But before we jump into that, let's give you a little bit of background on the matrescence and Lauren and Megan. The Matrescence was born out of a desire to provide more maternal support after personally facing bouts of debilitating anxiety, feelings of loneliness, and in an attempt to seek validation and connection. Lauren Hayes is a board-certified psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner and boy mom times three, and Megan Dalton is a marketing guru and mom of three under six. They are on a mission to change the landscape of maternal mental health and to identify its role and importance to overall wellness. The Matrescence is a maternal mental health community providing a space to learn, heal, and grow. All right, Val, let's jump in. We are so happy to have Megan and Lauren here with us. Would you guys like to take a second to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourselves?
2: I'm Lauren Hayes. I am a mama of three little men and a psychiatric nurse practitioner and co-founder of the Matrescence. And I'm Megan. I am also a mama of three,
3: two little boys and a girl, and they are my heart and soul and co-founder of the Matrescence. so excited to chat with you all tonight about empowering women in motherhood and kind of breaking out of this uh, shell that we can kind of come into ourselves and really just finding the joy again.
1: Awesome. We're excited to talk to you about that. How did the idea come about for the Matrescence?
2: The Matrescence was really born kind of right at the pandemic after the birth of my third baby. And after a couple years of personal and professional recognition of moms needing more support, professionally, I was working in the NICU and seeing those moms go through that experience and leave with little to no support after navigating that um, and knew we could do better there. And then, despite working in healthcare and being around all of that education and having had um, kind of an anxiety struggle in the past. I thought I was immune, um, thought I would know how to detect that and had my own personal struggle with debilitating postpartum anxiety and navigating a medical diagnosis with my oldest. So those experiences combined after I came out of the fog of kind of those things, realized there was a huge gap there and that moms need more support. As I opened up the conversation with people around me, it wasn't just postpartum mental health struggles, and it wasn't just NICU experiences. It was across the spectrum, and it was sisters, best friends, coworkers that had dealt with miscarriage, infertility, loss, NICU stays, traumatic birth experiences, kind of across the spectrum. So it was more common than I realized, and it was people around me who had suffered in silence. So that was where the concept was born. Um, And then kind of through the pandemic, Megan and I teamed up and created a digital version of kind of what I saw as um, a solution to the problem I was seeing. So that's kind of where the, the concept was born. And Megan can tell you a little bit more about where we took it.
3: Yeah. So Lauren's the healthcare and the heart of the business and the soul. And, um, I'm more on the marketing and development side and kind of bringing it to life. And, um, Lauren has a heart of gold and wanted to reach, um, and help a lot of women, but you have constraints when you're trying to do that in a physical practice setting. So we decided that we could help mothers where they are and that's on their phones, whether you're nursing a baby in the middle of the night, if you're in the basement with a sick kiddo or in quarantine at the time, people needed connection. They still need connection. That village that you that we speak of can um, look different these days. So we're just here to support women um, through all those various stages, whether you're trying to conceive or you're hired mommies of three. Surviving.
1: There's so many different things you guys mentioned there that I'm like, oh my God, I could say like a million things about that or that, but just because you just said it there at the end, you said about trying to conceive. So is it for moms trying to conceive as well? Or just for like, is it through pregnancy, conception, pregnancy, and postpartum? Or does it just start after you have the baby or-
3: No, I think motherhood stressors start at the time when you decide you want to grow your family. And I think a lesson that we have learned and from our friends is when you're going through that fertility struggle one of the best things you could do is connect with another woman and family that's been through it, that truly understands, you know, we can be listening ears and be empathetic to a degree, but someone that has that lived experience is so invaluable to be able to connect with them. And so we were behind the scenes being like, Oh, I have this friend you need to talk to and sharing numbers and stuff. And we're like, there's a better way we can connect them in an app. And then someone that we don't even know is going through that struggle, sends them a private message. And is like, Hey, me too. What worked for you for this? Or would you just be listening ears? So yeah, we like to say that uh, we're for all
1: moms. It's so true that like when we're in it, we think like everyone's talking about these things. Right. And then all of a sudden it's always this like wake up call that like, wait, people are still not really like infertility miscarriage. I've written like quite a few blog posts about my own miscarriage And as soon as I like shared those, I got so many direct messages from people that have been through the same thing, but like they never post about it and they don't talk about it. And of course, like everyone has their own level of comfort, but I that was like so eye opening to me personally, like how many other people I knew that had had miscarriages and I had no idea about it. Because there is still this stigma about talking about it. And the same with like infertility. Like I watched my sister-in-law struggle with infertility and, you know, she would post here and there and she would talk a little bit about it. But like, there's so many people struggling with infertility that don't even mention it. And they're so sensitive to certain topics and you don't know they are. It's just like, I think we should all be able to talk about these things. <laughs>
2: Right. And that was kind of one of the big ideas behind this app and the safe space to talk about these things, because it is hard and you need that support to get through something like that. But it is hard to even if you are very extroverted um, or you're comfortable putting it out there, it is hard to get the opinions of a social media platform or maybe your mother-in-law or your coworker or certain people who maybe you don't necessarily want them to know about it, but you want that support of a community. So the concept of bringing together women all under one roof that maybe have been in that boat, or at least are in that same season of life that you can connect with, where there are women there that can hear you and see you and validate that experience, but it doesn't have to be a social media platform. So creating that really private safe space to have those conversations was really important to us. And outside of our lived experience, because we did like Megan said, talk to a lot of people that said their biggest lifeline going through something like that, miscarriage, infertility, postpartum mental illness was having someone who had walked that path or who was currently walking that path and who could share kind of their experience and just be a sounding board. And so that was really important to us as one of the benefits of of the app.
1: Something else that I'm curious about with this is like, I think any mom is familiar with like Facebook mom groups, right? And (laughs) (laughs) they're fun at times and they're entertaining. I don't know how valuable the information always is. And there's always someone giving like, Maybe like not the best advice. Mm -hmm. So what do you like? How do you guys cultivate like a safe space where like is there any sort of like oversight going on to make sure that it's safe and like accurate information and calm? Yes, yes.
3: (laughs) Um, We do have um, values that kind of guide the community that you have to abide to. And it is really, really important to us for it to be a judgment-free zone. And we encourage everyone to make informed decisions on their own. So we are best friends and we have kids of similar ages. We make different decisions and we want people to know that that's normal. It's okay. And you can support each other. So all of our resources and information come from experts, credited experts that are in the space that you don't even know about. we didn't even know that pelvic floor physical therapists exist until baby number two. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I needed that. Um, so we're, we're connecting with those type of professionals to put that information out there because that does take a hit on your mental health too. If it's, you know, if you're always in pain or if you're not having sex and you're having trouble bonding with your partner, those lead to other issues. So All of that information is from experts only. And then we are in there personally every day, um, encouraging people, chiming in, monitoring conversations. We have a couple other people who are kind of like group leaders that have had those lived experiences that kind of monitor certain groups and boards to make sure that, yeah, we don't put up with any of the Facebook uh, stuff. (laughs) You'd have to go there. Um, We would have to show you to the door um, with that because we know how that can just be really tricky, triggering and a traumatic experience in itself. Yeah. If uh, someone's letting you know, uh, I, I think my advice for Facebook mom groups is never, ever post a picture of your kid in a car seat because someone will <laughs> be alive.
1: Always, <laughs> always.
0: I just want you to know. Yeah. I don't think anybody's ever felt better from a Facebook mom group ever. Yeah. I think it just, is a, a point to oh uh, make and other I feel moms like-
2: feel better. I feel like, especially if you're going in there for information on something hard that you're going through, because I feel like from my experience, it was all the worst case scenarios. Like if you feel compelled to share, you're sharing because it's bad or you're struggling or it's, I don't know. I feel my, my experience was, um, joining an epilepsy group for my son and it was, not good for me, my mental health, my decisions, it was all the worst case scenarios Mm -hmm. instead of listening to my support system, his doctors and forming my own opinions and treatment plans. I would get really wrapped up in like their experiences. And so keeping it safe from that and really our message boards and community board are peer support and uplifting. And we want to keep it this really positive um, connection space. That's wonderful.
1: I also just wanted to note that I think maybe only like three episodes ago, we interviewed yes. a pelvic floor physical therapist and opened with, can you tell us where our pelvic floors are? Like that wasn't even yes. talked about when we had kids. So I'm so happy that new moms are getting that info at the front yeah. door now because I could have <laughs> used it nine years ago.
2: Right? It's so important. And we try to tie that back to everything we're doing, because I think people have this idea in their head that we are like a mental mental health space. And like we are, and we talk about mental health and ways to support your mental health and wellness through motherhood. But we talk about all these different pillars that affect your mental health as well. And it's like this big picture. And there truly is something in there for everyone, because we talk about everything from lactation and identifying a tongue tie and latch and supply all the way through like, pelvic floor pain, pain with sex and everything in between. We have, you know, resources in there from various maternal experts that aren't necessarily maternal mental health experts, but experts on things that can impact um, the whole picture.
1: It's great that you pointed out the two different things, like, because when you're a new mom, sometimes you're so focused on the baby, you like forget about yourself and your body and your healing mentally and physically. And you're like obsessing over is is there a tongue tie? Is he latching? Is he developing properly? You know? So it's great that you're not just looking at the baby side of it.
3: Yes. There's a lot of baby brands and groups and businesses, and we really want to help the mama. Yeah.
0: And do you have um, like resources in different areas that you can refer people to? For, you know, I know that's kind of an all-encompassing app, right? So you, it's people from all over, I guess, is it just the U.S. or is it?
3: We're actually really proud to say that it's international. Um, oh, night, wow. I woke up this morning and I saw a discussion um, that a mom from Chicago and a mom from Australia were chatting and, you know, it was the middle of the night for the Chicago mama, but the Australian mama was like the middle of the day. And so they were chatting and they had babies, similar ages, and we going through that awful four month sleep regression. Mm. It was like personal hell. And it was just so cool to, that wasn't like kind of on our roadmap of um, goals and things. And then when we started seeing that happen, we're like, this is, this is pretty awesome that um, you can connect with anyone around the world, but we yeah. do, we do refer out. So if someone truly needs that lactation or support, then we're helping them, um, find lactation consultants in their area or people that are doing it virtually. Um, so yes, we refer out for any of those things that can't be fixed with that, you know, baseline layer of support. Um, cause we encourage women that they might need to take that extra step for themselves and advocate yeah. for their own physical health too.
2: Yeah. And then just encouraging them, like you said, it's easy to forget about yourself and just struggle for far too long, regardless of what it is. So just encouraging and reminding moms to, as cliched as it is, put their oxygen mask on first and look inward and be intentional and kind of untangle some of those things. And what is the first thing that you can tackle or the thing that is most bothersome if there's something going on and helping kind of untangle those resources that exist?
1: Just because you said the oxygen mask thing, did you yeah. guys read or watch Fleischman is in Trouble? No, no. no. <laughs> well, you should. It's it excellent like
0: a theme. Yeah, that was like a yeah that
1: idea. that phrase comes up a few times throughout it, but it actually does deal with traumatic birth experience and mental health. Be a great book club read, maybe. Yeah, is it yeah. fiction? It is fiction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was just a show on, I think Hulu and Mm -hmm. the book is honestly one of the best newer books I've read in a really long time.
3: Okay. Yep. I need a beat read. Yes.
2: That's so important too. And something that has been brought up a lot and isn't talked about enough. It's one of those other things kind of in the mental health spectrum that impacts your mental health so much. That's not discussed. It's like infertility and miscarriage and all these other experiences that We feel like we're not supposed to talk about it and there's still this stigma around talking about it, but that needs to be processed. If you thought that your birth experience was traumatic and you just move on and try to cover it up because maybe it wasn't as bad as someone else's, or you feel like your baby is healthy and you're healthy, so it doesn't matter like that. I think validating that those experiences can stick with you and really impact you long-term if you don't process through it and um, talk to someone and kind of work through that experience. Oh. I thought you were tearing up for a second. I was like, oh, did <laughs> hit a trigger point?
1: Oh, well, a little bit though, because like I, d- my birth experience did not go as planned. I had an emergency C-section with my oldest. And I think that like a lot of things spiraled after that, like for instance, I was unconscious so like I didn't hold him initially, my husband did, and they were always far more bonded than me and him. And, you know, I I struggled to breastfeed after that. And I felt like it was because I wasn't really processing that the birth didn't go. You know, it was uncomfortable with an incision and it hurt. And like, so it was just like one thing after another. And then I had a ton of anxiety <laughs> after that. And like, Val knows that she's like yeah. probably like, Mike's the best. They always oh, no. say my husband's the best. He like bathed the still. baby. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> Mike's the best. He like bathed the baby because I had all this anxiety about even having him in the bathtub because it was like cast iron tub and tile bathroom. <laughs> and I like couldn't even hold him in the bathroom. I was like terrified. So, and I feel like it all came from like the birth experience, not going as planned. And then I felt like I was crazy when I would say that to people. Maybe like, get over it.
3: Yeah. I, that actually really pisses me off when people are like, oh, well, you're healthy. He's healthy. Like, what's mm-hmm. the big deal? It's like, well, I don't, it, it was a big deal to me that it, of yeah. how it went down. And those intrusive thoughts are real and they're really hard to talk about because you're like, because you know it in the moment. You're like, that, I know that's not going to happen. This is, right. this does sound crazy but I can't bring myself to give him the bath. And Mm -hmm. you know, the stats on the intrusive thoughts are actually really, really common and
2: people don't talk about them because it makes you sound crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think that's another, we're going right back to the same theme in this conversation, but there are so many experiences in motherhood that have been hushed and muzzled that need to be talked about because every woman deserves to process through those things. And they all do impact your mental health. And intrusive thoughts are very common. I think they're saying it's almost hundred percent of moms have them now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just how sticky they get. And if you have gone through something traumatic or something that was really hard for you and they do get sticky and you start to not be able to just have the thought and kind of go on with your day and you start ruminating on it and you're staying up at night and that's kind of what happened with my experience. experience. It's yeah. like, I didn't say it out loud, but then I would spend the entire night, even when the baby was sleeping, uh, like searching for validation on the internet of like, what is anyone else having these crazy ass thoughts that I can't say out loud because I know they sound crazy. And even being educated and working in healthcare and working with moms, I didn't know all of that because it's just not talked about enough. You see this you hear the black and white picture of kind of postpartum depression and the scales that do a subpar job of maybe catching an issue, but that's it. And <laughs> that's, it's just not enough.
1: Well, have those even been updated? Like my youngest is nine. So I don't know if that's been updated since, but I remember filling it out and the wording being like, are you worried you'll hurt your baby? Yeah. And I interpreted that to mean like, are Am I worried that I'm going to intentionally hurt him? So I checked, no. But like, I was literally afraid to walk through doorways because I thought I was going to hit his head on the doorways. (laughs) Like, I like couldn't carry him through doorways. But in my head, that didn't mean what the question was asking.
2: Yes. So they've updated the term from PPD PMADS to encompass kind of the various presentations but they it still is falling short of actually presenting those and shedding light on what that looks like in real motherhood and what it looks like um, when it doesn't present as depression and it is more the anxiety or the ocd and so it's it's changing but it's not quite there the scale the scales are still the same And if they catch you at a, at a good on a good day at your six week appointment, which is usually when you're like, you get to get out of the house and show your baby off and you have 15 minutes in that appointment and the focus is not on your mental health, it's kind of a check the box thing. And it's more like, what birth control do you want? And are you physically healing? And that's to know fault of the OBGYNs, that's just kind of how our system is set up. And there's not a lot of time to have those vulnerable conversations. So even if you go prepared to talk about it, it is sometimes hard to actually vocalize and say how you've been feeling and give a bigger picture. And those, that scale is scary too, right? Because the questions are worded so
3: extremely that you're like, if I tell the truth, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, And it's, it's kind of, it is kind of fearful, unfortunately. So one of our, um, our most downloaded free resources is preparing for that six week checkup. So it's a checklist of things to be thinking, thought provoking questions to get you journaling and writing down what's actually happening in that whole three weeks before you even go. So it's not just a snapshot of how are you feeling today? It's a true picture of how you've been feeling. And if you need to just hand it over to them, we encourage mamas to do that. Cause we know it can be hard to kind of bring up, well, actually I'm scared to walk through a doorway and bonking my baby's head. You know, sometimes that's hard to say to a, a doctor when they're like, wait, what? <laughs> so yeah. Uh, well, definitely if you could link that resource, that's, that's a good one for, for new mamas.
0: I think that the whole questionnaire in general is scary because you're worried that if you say something wrong, they're going to be like, well, get your baby taken away. Cause you're nuts. I think that's like, I remember, and I I felt pretty calm. I was my first baby. I was okay. I had a lot of support, but
1: there was a lot of
0: things that went no, wrong. Val, you
1: also had a traumatic birth experience.
0: Right. And like, I know you were saying that you're, you worked in the NICU and, and my son was in the NICU for three weeks when he was first born. And that is a dark, dark time. And that is, that was my first experience with giving birth, having a baby. I, I felt like I was completely alone and not to say that my family wasn't surrounding me. Everybody was helping with whatever they could, you know, at my house, my dog, with, you know, me, anything, my husband, but it was that the type of thing where you are com- completely not expecting what's going to happen and it sends you into and, I, you know, I can even remember walking around the halls of the NICU and there was a couple moms that I talked to, but there was still not that in-person connection that you would be like, oh, well, I uh, cry constantly. I feel like I'm completely alone. I feel like my baby's going to die. Like nobody's saying that out loud. People will say that on an app. People will say that on, a, on an online conversation with someone. So that, that, that would have, this would have been a great resource for me because it was, you know, such a dark time. And I really wish that I had found something that really worked for me during that time. Yes. So it's, yeah, this is a wonderful, wonderful thing.
2: Oh, thank well, thank you. you. Yeah. Such, a, such a passion point for me. And yeah. yeah, really seeing those moms struggle with those experiences, yeah. and just not even having that lived experience and being able to empathize with what they were going through and, Creating a safe space to connect with other women who had been through it, and having those resources in there, and and with medical
0: issues too. I know you said that um, you mentioned your son had epilepsy. Um, My son has a heart condition, and you know we struggled with it, and there was nobody I could really talk to besides the doctors. And you know, the I had one (laughs) friend of like a friend that reached out to me, and I you know tried to talk to her about it, but you know the situations just get so different. Whereas if you have this large group of people, there's going to be someone going through the same thing as you. And you can kind of connect with that sort of thing, get some reassurance or just some comfort just to vent. But it is, it's it's hard Feeling like you're the only one who's gone through something. Yeah. yeah.
3: And sometimes that's all you need is to like say it out loud. And you're like, mm-hmm. hey, I actually well,
0: feel better. <laughs> yeah. So I can move on. I can get this done now. Yeah.
1: Now that yeah. just made me so sad because I never, ever heard you say that you had those fears about Cam in the NICU.
0: Yeah. It was, it was scary, you know? And I feel like you just, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, all through that first year, my son, he finally had to get heart surgery at 11 months old. So that first year, being my first experience with a baby, I just needed so much support. And I had it for my family. But of course, none of them had gone through something like this. So it this is exactly the type of thing I would have loved to have in my hands, you know, when I'm up at night crying, you know, to, to see and well, and you're
1: right. And when you have <laughs> a fear like that, It's too hard to put into words and speak out loud. Right, I think. Right, so that's where being able to type it into sort of an anonymous hiding behind a keyboard, or it's not totally. Is it totally anonymous? Or,
3: uh, you can be. You can have like a um username if you want. Most people have a name in their profile picture, but yeah, if if you're more introverted or you're if you're not comfortable sharing, you you can do that. Yeah,
0: that's, I just think this is a, this is a wonderful thing for new moms to have in general, even if it's not for some traumatic experience, but just (laughs) it's all, it's all very new and all very difficult. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Have you guys seen an like uptick in need for something like this during COVID? Like I know Val's second is a COVID baby. Do you guys have COVID babies? Was it harder? Oh
2: yeah. Both had our thirds yeah and during covid and yeah it's motherhood i think in general our generation of motherhood has become very isolated there's not this we don't live in literal villages like our grandparents and like we're kind of biologically wired to do this thing in and now we're all transplants and we have this kind of privacy fence mentality the world seems a lot scarier so it can feel really isolating. And I think COVID, I mean, we know for sure the rates of postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression um, skyrocketed. So an issue that was already prevalent and common definitely got worse and very timely as we have created this resource because yeah, it's it's not getting any easier for moms. Um and we just want, we don't want to fear monger. Motherhood is this beautiful, wonderful chapter, but also giving moms and women permission to know that it can be that and it can be really hard and isolating and scary. So building that resilience on the good days so that you kind of have the resilience and the tools to lean on um, when the inevitable ups and downs happen.
1: That's really important. I have a practical question about the app. How is it organized? Like, is it message boards? Are there folders with resources? Like, is it easy enough to navigate?
3: That's the goal. Um, We (laughs) would love for you to, to, yeah, we'll set you up with an account. You can uh, demo it and let us know what you think. But yes, there's certain groups you can join based on your season of life, and that kind of like populates your feed. So, like, if your youngest is nine, like, you might not want to hear about like the four month sleep regression. So, you're going to join like the older children. And like, does my child have anxiety? Like, do I need to be speaking to a school psychologist? Yeah, like yes. what can I be doing with him <laughs> mm. where, you know, someone else is like, he's getting molars or jumping out of his crib and um, things like that. So you can join the groups and update those as your life progresses. And that's how your feed will populate. And then the resource library, we try to do a really good job of organizing it by different ways that you might be thinking about it. So if you're thinking about like lactation then like you can type that in and certain resources will show up. If you want to do a meditation, you can type that in and see a different um, box and kind of just helping um, you can find things different ways
2: based on the season of life or the pillar of support you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. There's a couple different ways to search kind of depending on your preference, but you can use keywords and kind of how you would think to, siphon through them or there's different groups, you know, there's like a lactation bucket that all the resources that have anything to do with lactation. You can click in there and just kind of look through them. Um awesome. so that's always growing and we've been so humbled by the experts willing to donate their time, resources and energy to our space. Um we have people reach out all the time that are just like I love to write or i have this awesome resource resource or i've been doing research on this and they just donate their time and education to our space so that's been really cool just education outside of our lane of expertise and being able to pack it full of stuff
0: i think that that shows how important it is that there's these experts that are just donating their time for no reason just so that people are getting this information
3: Exactly, experts that we can't afford to pay, and it's amazing that they are just, you know, and a lot of them are are women and moms who like I I get it on a personal level, and I want to um, share this with people. So Mm -hmm. it's been really really cool to connect with people.
0: How did you come up with the name? Good question. So (laughs) do you know what the
3: matrescence means? I don't. So the matrescence is a word. It was actually coined by a sociologist and I'll let Lauren explain it because she does a much more eloquent job, but we didn't (laughs) just make it up. It is a word that is used more commonly in Eastern
2: cultures and in Europe. Yeah. We, we actually love this question too, because it's the second most common question after we get, are you sisters? It's how (laughs) do you pronounce it? And what does it mean? We are not sisters. We're best friends. Um, We're morphing into each other because we spend so much time together, but The matrescence is the maternal form of the word adolescence, and it is meant to encompass all of the monumental changes that happen through the season of motherhood. So physical, hormonal, mental changes that happen. And we just thought it was such a cool beautiful word for what we were trying to encompass with the app and the community and really shedding light on how big of a change it is and that you really are reborn into this new person every time you have a new baby and you get all this kind of support and education and you know it's coming in adolescence and you know it's everyone knows that word and then it's not really like that with motherhood. It's kind of like
3: <laughs> people stop showing up, your husband goes back to work and you're like oh. Oh. What am I supposed (laughs) to be doing all day long? (laughs) Yeah. So we think it's a beautiful word and represents the transformation that um, we're hoping to make um, with future generations of moms. And
1: um, I love that. Yeah. Very cool. We've got one more question for you guys. What is the number one thing you think new moms need to hear? You
3: got this. Really? (laughs) I think, I think that moms just need, you know, it's, it's, we talked to a young I'll call her a young gal today. Uh, she's like, <laughs> just got married. And is like, I want to have kids, but man, it seems so hard. I'm like, oh. it is, but it's amazing. Don't let that stop you from something that you, you think you want to do. Um, you, you do, you can figure it out. You will be well. Um, you might just have to put extra tools and supports in place to get you to that place, but you can do it. You can do hard
2: things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think really, just telling them that it's ok to not be ok too, in this season. And if they are struggling or if someone's listening, that's like, man, I you know, am resonating with so much of this that it really is insightful and really strong of you to recognize that and to need extra support and that even if you aren't dealing with something that you feel like isn't as bad as someone else if it feels icky to you or you don't feel right or you feel like you need extra support lean into that we all need extra support
0: mm-hmm. yeah and especially like you're saying a lot of people aren't around a village and this is the way to to get one at least
1: mentally Mm -hmm. and a safe one Mm yeah yeah we want to be we want to be
2: that digital village of of mamas because it is it is so hard these days to create that around you and I think you can get caught up in social
3: media thinking that someone's doing a better job Mm -hmm. than you or you're struggling so much and how do they have it all together and they don't they really Mm -hmm. it's just a silly app that makes it look that way and
0: yeah a lot um, of filters yeah. <laughs> and it's just really
3: hard to remember in the moment that that you are seeing that highlight reel. I know that's cliche is the oxygen mask and everyone says it, but <laughs> we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of oh, putting yeah. up the pretty and we're all guilty of being like, Oh man, she took her kids to the park again
2: today. Like, the comparison okay. trap is real. And it can yeah. really steal the joy from motherhood. And that's yeah. it's it's not intentional. I, I like to think it's not intentional. It's just easier to share those good moments, but it really can. And I think it has been such a detriment to, and such a source of fuel for the mental health crisis across the spectrum, especially like children and adolescents of that comparison trap and getting caught in the undertow of that. So just having a different, a different space to go to and um, really focus on you.
1: That's perfect. All right, well Megan and Lauren tell us where everyone can find you, how they can sign up or
3: DumaTress.do, yeah, hit the community tab and learn more about our membership or at least sign up for our newsletter. We'll send you some free wellness tips and let you know more ways to care for yourself in this season and then we're tired mommies of 3 so we only do Instagram. We're not cool, you won't find us <laughs> on any other platform. So we're <laughs> Matrescence on Instagram.
1: I mean, Instagram's cool enough. Yeah, I thought
3: it. I'm too old. Like someone, the lemonade thing. I was like, I can't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here with us. It was so nice to meet you both.
0: Great to meet you. you. you.
1: Thanks for listening
0: to this episode of Whose Kid Is That? We so appreciate you commiserating with us. Just a friendly reminder that we are clearly not parenting experts and you should absolutely take any and all advice we give with a grain of salt.
1: If your kids do this crazy, ridiculous, obnoxious stuff too, just know you are not alone. Come hang out with us on Facebook and Instagram at VT Mom. If you've got a story you'd like to share with us, send an email to julie at vermontmoms.com. We'd love to hear it. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Gently. And subscribe so you know exactly when each new episode is released.
0: Until next time, whose kid is that? It's mine. I'm sorry.